Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now we'll join Linda in progress with this week's message. Others who are here tonight, we've been in Israel. We have been on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Four full days, well, almost five. Almost five full days on Kimberly. Three for Kimberly. She came back a little bit later. Raise your hand if you just got back from the Holy Land. Okay, several. Wait, keep your hands up. Okay, you're going to want to, during the greeting time, go touch these people. Because we have just come from the holy place. And God is moving in such amazing power. And so expect. Expect to be healed tonight. Expect to get just rocked by the Holy Spirit. Expect to make a new friend. Expect to have fun. You're at his way. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Yay! Yay, God! Yay! All right, well, we're going to pray. We're going to welcome the Lord officially. We're going to just pray. So, if you want to just touch the person next to you, you can touch shoulders and say hello. 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 If you don't know each other, tell tell your name. See how e- easy it is to have fun at his way? You've already had fun. Okay. All right. Well, as we come together as women, this is the year of the woman. It is the time, the season where God is raising up women. He is raising up an army of women, and we get to be part of that. So if you're a guy in the house, sorry. I'm just, I'm just sorry. Yeah. You're touching Nate. It won't work. He's a man. <laughs> no. Dawson, come and stand with Pastor Heath. Yeah, oh, you left. Okay, never mind. Okay, well, here we are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Oh, God, I'm asking that you will fall in this place, that you will come upon us. Oh, God, like waves of your glory. Lord, I'm asking that women will have gold on their hands tonight, that you will just manifest the the evidence that you are among us. We want to see your glory, oh, God. Yeah, be glorified. We praise you, Lord, and we worship you. Now, Lord, anyone who is scared, Lord, would you bring courage 
Anyone who's feeling insecure, would you bring security? Father, anyone who is not feeling well in their body, Lord, we ask for immediate healing, that there will be no distractions tonight. We won't be distracted by our bodies, our clothes, or anything else. Thanks, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thanks, Lord. So be it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, why don't you hug at least 30 people? No, hug maybe, maybe three, okay? Hug three people and bless each other. Oh, I'm still just so overwhelmed with the Lord and his presence and his goodness. Um, he is doing amazing things. So, um, anybody else get gold on their hands? I saw one. Yeah, sometimes the Lord manifests in this way with signs and wonders. And if you think that this is weird or strange, um, you know what? The, the Lord does whatever he wants. <laughs> The verse that qualifies it is the Lord does as he pleases. And, and so he can do anything. And I don't want to limit him. I don't, wanna, I don't want to put my own intellect and my own ideas of how he should do things or perform in the way of him moving. Do you? He's working on me. I need work. I need help. You know what happened to me in the last few days? I didn't intend to tell this, but I feel like there's somebody here who needs to hear it. Um, I, I was having trouble with my mouth. Every now and then, I will just, I'll get blisters on the back of my tongue, and my tongue will get sore, and I'll have trouble with my mouth, and... One time when that happened and I was seeking the Lord about what to do, what the remedy was, the Lord told me to get up from prayer and go get honey. And so I got up from prayer and I went into the pantry, found some honey, put it on my tongue, and it sizzled. And my tongue, then I was fine. I was completely healed. So, yeah, I tried it. So in the last few days, when my mouth was bothering me, I went and got some honey because I said, this worked before. I'm going to create a whole system here in formula. <laughs> yeah, he, he will not. He likes to do things different every time. And so I went and got the honey, and I started eating the honey, and pretty soon I had eaten a lot of honey. <laughs> And my mouth was still hurting and really bothering me. And so many times for me, it takes extended time in prayer for me to be able to get the answer that I need. But I'm so desperate, so desperate for the answer for God's presence, for his remedy, for breakthrough, that I will cancel appointments Sorry if I've canceled on you. No, I'm sincere. Yeah, I'll cancel things. 
and just stay in that place with God until I had breakthrough. And the Lord showed me that I had passed a judgment upon someone and spoken words that were not from him. And so when I repented of that and told the Lord I was so sorry and asked him to remove that judgment from me, guess what happened to me? My mouth wasn't better yet. And so I said, okay, Lord, I've done what you wanted. You showed me what I did. I've repented. I've confessed. Um, The progression is that now I'm supposed to be fine, right? And the Lord said to me, go tell your husband about your sin. Who said, ouch? Thank you, Dory. Ouch. (laughs) So I, I bolstered myself up with James, James 4, where he says, confess your faults to one another and be healed. I said, okay, I want to be healed. So I went to my husband and I found him. I don't know why I don't want to tell him things because he's so nice. So I went and found my husband and I told him what I had done. And I told him about repenting and how the Lord had forgiven me and how sorry I was. And then I said, so Tom, will you pray for me so that I can be healed? And he said, Lord, heal Linda. (laughs) I said, Tom, this is a big deal. I should have a bigger prayer. (laughs) But he said, Lord, heal Linda. And he went on his way. And I was completely healed, completely well. (laughs) The Lord wants us well. He wants us healthy and strong. And if you've been raised in a mentality that God wants you sick, then I want to encourage you tonight to get a new mentality. (laughs) It is true, as I wrote in my journal about what happened with my mouth, I wrote the words of King David from the Psalms. Before you afflicted me, I went astray, but now I keep your way. In other words, the affliction, King David was saying the affliction did come from God. Uh Uh-oh. Now we're really messing with people's theology, huh? You know what? God is sovereign, and not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from his will. And so you can ascribe, you cannot, oh, here we go. We're going down rabbit trails right now. Um, you cannot ascribe evil, evil to God ever. But what was going on with me was not evil. It was good because it brought me to a point where God could wash me and clean me up. So what happened with my mouth? was not something where God was doing something mean to me or harmful. He knew I would go after him. I can see we're going to be teaching on this in the future. <laughs> but tonight we have, a, we have a specific mandate from God. And so we will go to the outline and we will talk about what God has given I encourage you, anything I say, I have not arrived. 
I do not have very many answers. I have a few, but don't take everything I say and think it's right. I'll do my best. I'm in process, but go to the word. Find out for yourself. If you put me on a pedestal, you'll be really sorry later. <laughs> okay, we, yes, I am. So we are looking at Judges chapter 5 tonight, one of my very favorite passages about Deborah. Deborah was a mighty woman of God who served the Lord as a judge of Israel. Now, it is a rare week at church that someone does not come up to me after church and say something about me being a woman in ministry. Seriously, it happens all the time. Often it will be someone who comes up to me and says, wow, this is amazing that both you and your husband serve together in harmony as pastors. And the comment often comes, we never see that. That is so unusual. We continue to live in a culture that um, balks against women in ministry. And tonight we are going to dispel some, hopefully, some of the myths around this. Because God is calling many of you into ministry. He is calling us all into ministering. But some, he has a specific call on your life to be a preacher, to be an evangelist. to be a missionary. And it is time we said, I, I, King Jesus. No more excuses. So if you don't want to get rid of your excuses, you can plug your ears. Be it won't help. God's, God can speak right straight to the heart. But we're getting rid of our excuses. So right before I read this passage of scripture, would you open your hands and tell God, whatever. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we can say that word with so many different inflections? Whatever, Lord. Whatever. <laughs> However you say it, just say to him, whatever you want, Lord, whatever you want. Father, I ask that this message that you want to go deep into the ears and the hearts of your women, that you will customize it to every heart, and that there will be a there will be there will be a change, that there will be a noticeable change. There will be greater confidence. There will be calling confidence. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. You will do it. You who called us, you are faithful. You will do it. Thank you. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> so be it. Amen. Now, some of you, I know you wanted to hear about our Israel trip. 
a little bit. I wanted to tell you about it, but time is crucial right now. It is critical because right now in Washington, D.C., coming on October 9th is something called Arise. Have you read about it? After the million female march on Washington, D.C. in January, where there was a protest against against our new president. And there were, um, there was a lot of, um, um, there a lot of stuff that wasn't very pretty that went on during that time. Since that time, the women of God across our nation are arising and wanting to do something to counter that flood that came into Washington, D.C. And on October 9th, hopefully a million women will gather on the Capitol grounds in Washington, D.C. But guess what they're doing? Praying. (laughs) Um, Right before I came up here tonight, someone, can I tell who it was? Shake, not your, you are naughty. Nanny came up to me. They have tickets to Washington, D.C., but they can't go. They have four tickets. And Nanny came to me and said that we can give those four tickets away tonight. Now, you you need to be able to go. This is right away, October 9th. Airline and hotel, Nanny, and hotel. And a what? Wow. Okay, Nanny. So do you have, what day, what day does the flight leave? Okay. The event is four days. It's actually four. On the ninth is the day that the women gather, but the rest of the time there are speakers, there are um, worship. Oh, Yeah. All 50 states have their own tent on the grounds, prayer tents, tabernacle of meeting tents. Me too. Okay, I know that several of you are are trying to figure it out in your minds right now. How can I go? How can... I get one of those tickets. I think that what we will have to do, Nettie, is after his way tonight, you who can actually do this, who you know that you can do it, we'll just meet right over here, and we'll talk about it and figure it out, okay? Is that amazing? Anything can happen at his way. So, 
Let's read the scripture. Let's find out more about what God is doing right now. I really want to go. Tom and I are going to India, and I can't go to Washington, D.C. at the same time. (sighs) Chapter 5 of Judges. Chapter 5. Beginning with verse 7. Deborah says, Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel. Until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. What a brave woman. Let's go to verse. I just want to read it all. I don't know where to where to start and where to stop. Let's go back to chapter 4. Verse 4 of chapter 4. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth. Why do we need to know about Labadoth? The wife of Labadoth was judging Israel at that time. The children of Israel came to her for judgment. She sat under a palm tree. I wonder if they had date palms on there. Over to verse 8 of chapter 4. And Barak, the general of the Israelite army, said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go and fight against the army that was coming against them. He said, If you go with me. And so she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell. This is the captain of the army that was against them, the enemy, Caesarea, Caesarea, into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak. So they're going into battle. The general wants the judge Deborah with him because he is a very wise man. He knows that when a man and a woman work together in harmony, that amazing things are accomplished. Have you ever noticed that a group of women, when we're sitting together and talking, that we are different than when a group of men are talking or when it's a mixed group together? I have found so many times that when my husband comes in, he can just clarify things. And he has found that when I come in, I can bring a heart to something that maybe he was looking at just in a business-like manner. The partnership of men and women together creates a whole. It brings wisdom. It brings victory. No wonder the devil works so hard to tear our marriages apart. So Barak and Deborah went down to fight the enemy. Let's go to verse 14 in chapter 4. Then Deborah said to Barak, and I love this this one word that she says to him, and this was also in the worship tonight, Tamara. You lift me up. I kept thinking God orchestrated every song. Then Deborah said to Barak, up. That's it. Exclamation point. Up. She said to him, up, and he got up, and they went and fought the battle. Now, 
the next thing that happens is the captain of the army, the enemy army, and I try to tune in even though maybe it doesn't seem very interesting about an enemy army far away and in the history, but this is really fascinating. They arose and they went after the army. And because God said that they would have victory, they had victory, they won. But the leader, the king of the enemy army escaped. He went running off on foot and left his men. He ran off into a place where there was a tent of somebody who had been an ally to his army. He went to the tent of this woman named J.L. Now, I wish Pastor Leanna was here tonight. Her husband, Pastor Josh, had a birthday, and they are celebrating somewhere as a family. But they are naming their baby girl, who is to be born in the next couple weeks, J.L., after the woman in this story. So, this evil king came to the tent, the door of the tent of this woman, Jael. Now, her husband was an ally of the evil king. So, Jael invited the evil king in and said, Come on in, and I will take care of you. I'll hide you. The evil king came into her tent, she covered him with a blanket. He said that he was thirsty. He asked for water. She gave him cream. She gave him milk, which was very creamy, which put him to sleep because he was very tired. The man laid down on her tent floor, went to sleep. Now, J.L. was there with his enemy, but her husband was an ally of this enemy, And don't you think she should have said, well, I need to be nice to him because my husband would be nice to him. No. She said, this is an enemy. The scripture says that she took a tent peg and a hammer in her hand. And when this enemy king went to sleep on her tent floor, She went over to him and positioned that tent peg on his temple. And then she took her hammer and she banged it so hard that it says the tent peg went clear into the ground. What an amazing woman! Now, wouldn't you think that she probably shouldn't have done that? The scripture says that J.L. became a hero, and they sang a song about her. It doesn't tell what her husband said. What happened to us in the Christian community as women? And you might have picked up one of my CDs, The Spiritual Leader Dilemma. 
I recommend that everybody in the world listen to this teaching. (laughs) What it is, is what happened to us, specifically as a nation in America, is that when the feminist movement began to rise up in the 1950s, that the Baptist church, in order to counter that feminist movement that they saw as very dangerous, oh, Maritza, may God heal you all the way through you. We're so happy you're here tonight. Did anybody pray for Maritza? I'm sure you did, Debbie. Um, Anybody want to run back there and lay hands on her and pray for her before she goes? Thank you. Okay, get her healed. In Jesus' name, thanks, Lord. Thank you for bringing her. Thank you, Father. So proud of you, Maritza. Okay, pray quick. Get her healed fast. (laughs) We love you. Good job. So what happened in the 1950s in order to counter this movement, this feminist movement, the denomination, the Baptist Church, which is a great movement and has done amazing things throughout the decades, they decided that they would create this idea of the spiritual leader in the home. And that the man is the spiritual leader in the home. How many of you have heard this about the spiritual leader? Okay, many of you have. The spiritual leader is not a biblical concept. It's not in the Bible. Ascribing gender to who should lead is not in the Bible. Man, we're just tearing it up tonight, aren't we? (laughs) Consequently, what happened is there have been decades of mothers and women who have believed that their husband is supposed to be the leader, the spiritual leader in their home. And they have capitulated and said, if he doesn't lead spiritually, then I can't do it. Because it's his responsibility and place. Oh, (laughs) well, we do. I recommend having a a man in the house, a husband, a spouse, yeah. So what happened is that this doctrine of the spiritual leader, I even bought into it when my kids were little. And I was waiting for my husband to... to do everything, (laughs) to um, insist on the devotions every morning with the children and be the one who prayed with them at night and went in their rooms in the night and prayed over them. And, And I thought he was supposed to do that. But he was working for a corporation, and he was very busy. And I couldn't make him do what I wanted him to do. And so the Lord began to impress on my heart that I needed to do it. 
that I needed to be the one who got up early and gathered the children and gathered everyone and taught them from the word before school. Huh, Tamara? And then I was the one who would go in their rooms at night and pray over them every single night. And that that was my responsibility, that it was my responsibility to teach them the ways of God and make sure that they were in the house of the Lord. Now, if Tom were standing here, because he's a great man, he's a pastor, he's, he's an amazing man, he would tell you, he would say, Linda was the forerunner. She was the one who led. And he would say, it's a good thing. We are all responsible. We don't get to capitulate and say, he has to do it. I have an excuse. I'm female. No, God has called us. He has called us to be leaders and to be like JL. Oh, man. If some of you go home and tell your husbands things out of context, don't do that. Some of you have heard me tell that my grandma, when she wanted to have chicken for dinner for the family, she would go out and catch a chicken, wring its head off with her hands, dip in the water, pluck the feathers. Have we gotten wimpy? Why? <laughs> it's like you, I don't want to touch the chicken. <laughs> okay, let's take our outline since we have like five minutes. <laughs> the top of your outline, this is our time. It's from Esther. If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Number one, what will your great story of faith be? I've given you the the words about what happened in Washington in January. Number two, some moments come and go while others shape history and must not be missed. Alveda, Alveda, anybody know how you say her name? Alveda, maybe? Alveda King, she said about this movement on December 9th in Washington, D.C., this is not the time for women and girls to be asleep. This is the time for the women and girls of America and around the world to wake up and rise up. Number three, there are certain powers that can only be broken by a woman. Lou Ingalls said this. Now, I brought you a clip from Lord of the Rings, and I really 
Pastor Ben, I really don't know if I should play it or not. It's about two minutes. It's from The Last Battle. How many of you have seen the, read the books, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit? How many of you have seen the movies? Okay, they, several times. They're amazing. So they are pretty violent, but there is a clip. Now, if you get scared easy or if you have bad dreams, if you see a monster, there are monsters in this clip, so don't look. Yeah, it's bad enough to listen, really, seriously. But I think I, Pastor Ben? Where do you want the clip to start? Um, ask God. Okay. Okay, the clip, the clip should be probably two minutes or less. But I want you to see this goes along with what Lou Engel said. There are certain powers that can only be broken by a woman. Okay, it, now seriously, if you get scared, don't watch it. But watch the end, okay? How will you know when it's the end? Ask God. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I will kill you if you touch him. Do not come between the Nazgul and his prey. What the witch king said to her was, no man can kill me. She was disguised. She had on the, the armor and her hair was tucked underneath. She pulled it off. Her hair was exposed and she said, I am no man. 
Then she killed the witch king. Lou Engel, his quote right here, there are certain powers that can only be broken by a woman. There are certain things that only a woman can do. Now, I want to tell you something, and I know we won't get all the blanks filled in, but you can, um, Marla will put them online for you at our website. Thanks, Marla. Okay, here's the deal. In Genesis 3, when the Lord cursed Satan, the serpent, for what he had done in tempting Adam and Eve to sin, what God said to Satan at that point was, I will put enmity between you and the seed of the woman. God told the serpent that he would put between Satan and womanhood, womankind, us, this battle. Now, if you, having just come from Israel, we saw once again, surrounded by five nations who are enemies against Israel. And continually throughout the history of planet Earth, enemies have come against Israel and tried to take her out. This little tiny strip of land that is so valuable and important to God. Why do enemies continually come against this land? Because God said that Messiah would come through Israel. Because of that, Israel has continually been attacked has enemies on every side. It makes no sense except for that through Israel would come Messiah who would crush Satan's head. Now, throughout history, it is the story of the the seed of the woman, Messiah, crushing Satan's head. And Satan trying to take out women and Israel. You might wonder why women are oppressed all over our planet. Everywhere I go, women are oppressed. I've, the nations we travel to where the women wear the burqas, completely shrouded and hidden, So many nations, women are forbidden to even walk outside their door without their husband's permission or escort. I've often asked my husband, Tom, why are women so oppressed? Although I know the reason, basically I'm just complaining. But what Tom always tells me is he says, well, the basic reason, Satan hates women. And secondly, it's always the ones who are biggest and more, most powerful who oppress the smaller. I want to be bigger. <laughs> but the thing is, all over our planet, women are oppressed. Why? Because Satan is inciting people against women. Now, 
many of us have believed lies. We have believed that we have been unable to do things because of our gender. We have believed that, well, you can fill in the blank. And tonight the Lord wants to break down those paradigms. Because again, many of you have a call of God on your life. We all have been called by God into the ministry. So often we think that if we don't make waves and we, we, um, we buy a type of peace, that that will promote the purposes of God. But I want to encourage you that God has called us. He speaks to us individually. He has a mandate. He has a purpose. He has something for you to do, and he has gifted you to do it. And it is time for us to do what God has called us to do. Now, if you turn over your sheet on the questions on the back, Pastor Tamara, will you come to the keyboard? At the very top, I wrote questions for September 26th, and then I put from Linda Anderson, my prayer today as I begin to write these questions, oh, Lord, let these questions activate one woman into ministry, or 10, or 20, or an army. One more thing, and oh, Lord, help the teachers with the children. Ben, will you put up that other slide? This is, how, this is part of how we become that army. This is from my journal from the His Way Day in May. From Psalm 149, verses 5 and 6. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds praising in all places as a marching army, confronting foes with praises brandished like a sword. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. This is a two-edged sword in their hand. Thanks, Lord God. Now, when you wake up in the night... And you're like, oh, I've got to get some sleep. And oh, no, I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to go to school. Oh, no. I encourage you. This is my, this is my, um, I don't know, my challenge to you. Because you're probably thinking, how can we be that army? How do we do this? And here's the challenge. When you wake up in the night, I encourage you. To praise God aloud on your bed. Now, if you're sleeping with your spouse, don't do it loud. <laughs> but praise God aloud on your bed. And I encourage you as you go to brandish that sword, that double-edged sword with praise on your mouth. Let us be women who pray and praise an army of prayers and praise, prayers and praisers. Say that. Prayers and praisers. An army 
of women who pray and praise move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit to do great exploits for the King we love and the kingdom. Yes, Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to do something physically to say yes to God. <laughs> There's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're saying yes, I encourage you to do something. Stand, lift your hands, kneel, do something physically to show God, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I will be like JL. I will be like Deborah. I will be like Esther. Yes, God. Yes, God. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Father. And now, Lord, as they go out from here, oh, God, keep them. Keep them safe and keep them as the apple of your eye. Oh, God, may your presence surround each and every one. May your face shine on them. Yes, Lord. <laughs> You're doing that. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer for anything, maybe you need boldness. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need a friend. I recommend these women up here. So come and get prayer and then get your kids fast, okay? Okay, I love you.